Welcome to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network once again with the Wednesday crew, Dennis Bernstein, Dave Pinota of the fourth period. And we've got a loaded schedule tonight because of U.S. Thanksgiving. So happy Turkey Day in advance, DB. Dave and I will just be eating our chicken as usual. So uh, we've got a loaded one. Last night was a little bit weak and a little bit light on the NHL schedule, but it gives us a little bit more time to focus on those two games that we had yesterday. And DB, I want to start with the LA Kings. Of course, you're at yeah. all the home games. And yesterday, up 2 nothing after 20 minutes, no points in the game. Is that a case of the Kings not being good enough, the Rangers being too good, a mix of both? What was your takeaway from yesterday's game at Crypto Arena? Yeah, a great start for the Kings. An exceptional first period. They did everything they needed to do. Jump out to a 2 nothing lead, score early, score on the power play, gave Velarde... Uh, snaps a six-game pointless streak. Rangers pushed back, and the Kings weren't ready for the pushback in the second period, Zach. That's as simple as that. Uh, and they find a way to tie it with Sean Walker scoring, but then less than a minute later. I'll go, and, Zach, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I think you really, if you're playing these games for the Kings, you're playing the overs. Because I, I know people say it's not just the goaltending. Um, it's also the defense and the support the forwards get. It's the goaltending. Like this cold tending is, is clearly not good enough coming in their eight, 885 save percentage. And I know that's sometimes misleading with respect to how the team plays as a whole defensively. But when you look at the statistics for with Cal Peterson, and Jonathan quick, they're in the fifties with respect to save percentages. Uh, it just hasn't been good enough. And I asked after the game, uh, Todd McClellan, did he need to, did Zach, did uh, Cal need to stop that fourth goal? That was basically from the goal line on a short side by Chris Carter. He goes, yep. I said, have you lost faith in this goaltender? He goes, no, but it's going to be a struggle for this team defensively, but I think primarily because of the goaltending. And I don't know how they get out of it. Jonathan Quick has a $5.8 million cap hit. He's going to, his contract's up at the end of the season. The key is with Cal. He's got two more years at $5 million. He's not playing like a $5 million goaltender. So it wasn't a question of the, of the Rangers being that much better because their stars, other than Kreider, really didn't do much. His manager wasn't a factor. Panarin wasn't really noticeable most of the night. It was the Brendan Schneiders, it's the Vinny Trocheks, <clears throat> um, and the Capo Cacos. That's what the Rangers, when the Rangers win, they get goals from guys like that, Zach. So, so it, was a, it was a disappointing loss for the Kings. Um, they have a, a little bit of break in the schedule. They've played the most games in the NHL this season, 22. They go up to San Jose on Friday where they never played well historically, uh, but San Jose's only won two at home. And they come home and have some softer touches like in Ottawa. I won't say Seattle because they've lost to Seattle twice. Uh, Arizona, so the schedule gets a little bit easier. But uh, the Rangers just pushed back and, and found a way to win the last night, and that's that's what I thought about that at 5-3 win by the Rangers last night in L.A. Yeah, they show their depth quite a bit, and even when their stars don't show up, other guys pick up the slack. And with that goaltending on the Rangers' side, anything can go their way. So, Dave, are you putting futures down on the Rangers? What are you looking at going forward, uh, I guess, for their next few games and, and really big picture with the New York Rangers? Yeah, they, this is a bit of a confidence booster for them to kind of get back into it, right? I mean, yeah, and I kind of I'll echo what DB said about the goaltending. Jonathan Quick and Cal Peterson have not been that good this season, but that D has been rough too. Um, like they're not really giving them any legit support, consistent support on that back end. Um, but if you're the New York Rangers, nice come from behind W down two nothing in this game. Um, they shut down. LA's offense, which does have a lot of potency to it. So look, if I'm if I'm the New York Rangers, I'm taking this as as a bit of an uptick uptick for me um, and a confidence booster. So 
does that mean I'm going to start laying down a bunch on Kreider and Zabinijad and all that? I might start to sprinkle and just see how the next game goes. And if it's another solid performance and they can pick up a couple W's here, then I might start rolling on the Rangers again because they're due. Uh, they, they should be in a bit of a better position than they're at, you know, right now. And I think they're in the top wildcard spot for the moment and tied with the New York Islanders in points. Um, but this is a team with the reigning Vezina Trophy winner, with the guy that won the Norris a couple seasons ago. Um, they should be in a better position right now. Uh, sometimes it, it just doesn't work out in the first quarter of the season. So it's not bad. But if I'm hammering them, I'm, I'm giving them a couple more games before I really go after them. Won't have to wait long either. They beat, they beat San Jose in San Jose. They won last night in L.A. And then tonight yeah. they're right back at it in Anaheim. Doubt Shesterkin goes, but uh, maybe you look at the Rangers again tonight. Well, it's a good, it's a good opportunity to, to kind of get those W's quickly, right? Just beat the crap out of SoCal and then move on to, to the next one. So yeah, It would help if Halak won a game. He hasn't won right? a game all season, and now he's set up to win. I know it's a back-to-back for the Rangers, but the Ducks, the, the, you know, it's a long. It's going to be a very long season in Anaheim for sure. Yeah, we're talking about like every, everyone's talking about coaching change in Vancouver. The Canucks going to do this, that, and the other. No one's talking about what's going on in Anaheim. Like they suck, and <laughs> there's no sugarcoating it. I mean, they're, they're not good. Um, I, I, I mean, Dallas Aikens is in a contract here, so they may just wait it out given how yeah. they're playing right now and let the younger kids continue to perform um, and give more ice time to Zegris and uh, McTavish and so on. And, and Keach, you know, like they got some good stuff going on in Anaheim, but overall, I think we're going to see some changes this season and in the summer. Yeah. And they're going to get even worse at the deadline, right? Expiring deal, yeah. obviously not a contending team. So, you expect them to sell, and maybe a guy like Owen Zellweger comes up at the end of the year, and, yeah. and he's a guy you look at for props. Yeah. And you know, obviously, uh, is he World Junior eligible? I'm not even sure. I I think this is his last kick kick at it. I think. Okay. Um, off the top of my head, I'm not, I'm not quite sure, but you're right. I mean, like Klingberg, he's going to get moved. Oh, yeah. Shattenkirk, he's going to get moved. Kulikov will get moved if somebody wants to take that. Um, and they're all pending UFAs. And then you've got Vitrano's name out there, and you've got Adam Henrique's name will be out there, and Jakob Silverberg. Um, they got pieces, and, and Silverberg and, and Henrique have one year left on their deals. Um, so you're not just getting them for this run. And they've been better, especially Henrique, going back to last season. So um, they, it's, it's a weird – like, they got good pieces. They got guys putting up points. They just can't do it consistently. So, I mean, it's not my problem. It's – Coaching staff's problem, but they'll figure it out. Maybe. <laughs> so that is uh, for the Kings and the Rangers. And then we were also previewing the Ranger game tonight against Anaheim. Um, we have two constants on this show. We talk about the New Jersey Devils, which we will in a second. But we also talk about Tage Thompson and Rasmus Dahlin quite a bit. Because yeah. What's not to love about them? I mean, four more points for Tage last night. Three more for Rasmus. Uh, Tage had another eight shots last night. They're just doing it every game, DB. So if you're looking at prop, yeah. hammer them. And even if they don't win tonight, there's still guys that I want to look at on Buffalo. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're playing overs there. And it was just a matter. They had the, the Buffalo Sabres. People thought they were going to be a playoff team, and they lost eight in a row. They found the right opponent. They found an opponent that 
is poor defensively. If you look at the last couple of games for the Habs, they've given up a lot of crooked numbers. Yeah. Um, Jake Allen wasn't great last night. And, you know, as a final reward, he decided to break his stick over the post at 7-2 to on a power play. Game. Well, I don't know why he's upset at that point. I get it. They just they found, There's a lot of offensive weapons on, on Buffalo. I think they're a better team. I don't think they're a playoff team. You look at the goaltending, and you look – they can't stop people defensively. That's the, the challenge. But when you're playing Probsack, you're right. How do you not play Tage Thompson on shots per game? How do you not play Jeff Skinner on a random uh, you know goal per game? So they've got a lot of tools. Alex Tuck, they're a more exciting team. The fans have definitely come back um, to Buffalo, to the arena, and watch this team because they're exciting. But they're, they're not a playoff team yet. And it's just a matter of finding the competition where for the Habs last night, you had two new guys going in the lineup. You had Jake, uh, Jake Paris going back in and uh, – uh, Chris Wyden, and they took out Jack Eye and uh, Kobe Shepard. So that, that's a team in transition. Again, I think if you're looking at the Habs games, you're probably playing overs in those games because defensively and goaltending, it's just not there right now. Plus, I mean, just touching on Montreal for a quick second, their opponent tonight is Columbus. And I, I believe they haven't beat Columbus in the last eight games, or they've got yep. one in, they're one in seven or something yeah. like that. And it was an not OT good. winner. So. On a back-to-back, I know Columbus is junk city too, but and Montembeau has been better um, this season for the Habs. But I mean, again, it's but it's not going to be a two-to-one game, Dave. Come on, it's not. It's not going to be two-to-one. Fine. No, no, I, I agree. I don't think it will be either. But I'm just saying, I might be hammering Columbus tonight, even though they suck too. But <laughs> whatever. Um, look, Tage Thompson. If if you're still doubting. And questioning this guy and going, ah, it's big contract. He's a bust. And blah blah blah. He's tied in points right now with two guys. I don't know if you've heard of them, Nathan McKinnon and Mikko Randman. Twenty six points so far on the season, tied with those guys for eighth in the league. He's good. He's really, really good, and he's getting his looks and he's creating his chances. And he's just a big friggin' body. I was at. Um, the game over the weekend when they played the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, Mick Kern from uh, NHL Network Radio was good. He's a little bit older than I am, but he was comparing him to, he's like, I'm calling this guy the big T. Like from, from the big, the big M, Frank Mahovlich, yeah, just Mahovlich, the way he yeah. performs. Huge body, throws the, throw, it was, is definitely willing to throw it around and, and get dirty. And he's got a wicked shot, and he's got a hell of an eye for the net. Like, this guy is a good freaking player. And sometimes it's just late blue. He's probably got four inches and 30 pounds on Mahovlich. Right. Mahovlich was a big player for his time. Yeah. I, I would like to see Thompson back when Mahovlich played. He would have <laughs> towered over everybody. Just put all those guys together. The people that ripped the Ron O'Reilly trade, they ain't ripping it no more. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it, it augurs well for this team. They have the parts. They need more. I think they made them. You know, they do. They do make good moves in Buffalo now. These yeah. guys. Like not all the moves are bad now. It's future moves. Some of them are actually yeah. good. Exactly. Like everybody, Don Granado. They have. Yeah, they have two first overall picks on the blue line. Yeah. You got to think that if you know Kevin Adams adds the right parts down the road, that this team is going to be a contending team. Is going to get to the postseason. Jack. And Owen Power is just going to get that much better. Yeah. I mean, sometimes when you trade. I know he's first overall, man. Going back to the Thompson trade, like when you make trades for futures, it's it's future, it's down the road. So sometimes it takes these guys a little bit of time to get their their wheels under them, and then you grease those puppies up, and it's away we go. 
So yeah, but wait a minute. But but did you really think that when, when Tate Johnson comes over, he's going to score thirty-seven goals? No, no, not at all. Think at, that, right? at all. Right? Okay. No. Upset <laughs> Dave so much he's coughing. First round, look, first round pick. You thought, okay, he's got twenty, twenty-five goal potential. He could be a second line type player with the package. I guess it's a decent return for a guy who doesn't want to be here. And then he's just yeah. exploding and emerging. So, like, good on him because he earned it. Um, and good on us if we're taking him every night because he's putting up points. He's getting his shots. We talked about this last week. I mean, I'm I'm riding the T train for the next, however, I don't know, foreseeable future. Yeah, how could you not, right? He He's shooting. And when you're that size and you've got the hands that he does, he creates something yeah. or nothing constantly, every single shift. So hammer him. And DB touched on his line mates as well. Jeff Skinner, Alex Tuck. Uh, yeah. I mentioned Darlene before. Like, it is a lethal power play right now. They're lethal five on five. Mm-hmm. So even if they don't win, they're in action again tonight against St. Louis. So a little bit of a revenge game for Tage, you know, speaking of him. Uh you know, you might want to hammer those props. DB said the overs are a good bet, even though uh, Bennington might be in net, so Dave might not agree because he's his biggest fan. <laughs> so we will uh, we'll certainly see how that one plays out. One of one of I'm like fourth. It's it's his it's his fiance, it's his parents, his sister, and then it's me. Okay, so so not not blood blood relative. Like you're like, right, no, right. <laughs> fair enough. So we'll jump into tonight, and for the third straight week, I got to talk about Dave's hat if he still has it. Uh, okay, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, there you go. Let's go. Okay, yeah. let's go. The Let's Devils go. not going anywhere. Devils are going for a 14th straight win against Toronto, who they beat just six days ago in overtime. Um, there's a lot to like about the Devil team. We talk about it all the time. They're just convincing us more and more. The goaltending, really, uh, you know, shot suppression, putting up the shots, putting up the points. Nico right. Heischer finally playing like that first overall pick in terms of scoring that we were kind of expecting. And there's no Morgan Riley. There's no TJ Brody in this game. And DB, you like the Devils to win again. Yeah, at some point they're going to lose. I just see with all the losses on the blue line by the Leafs, I don't see how they get it done tonight. I don't. And I don't think they're going to get some stellar performance in net as well from regardless of which one of them plays in net for the Leafs. So I, I got to think they're going to get their 14th. Because they're playing that good, and I saw them, and Dave saw them obviously in Toronto yep. um, when they came in overtime. I I just think the Devils find another way. I think there's just too much offense, and with the absences on the blue line, uh, look Toronto might do because you can't win forever in this league. I just don't think it's tonight where the Devils get their uh, winning streak snapped. So I think they'll get 14 straight tonight against the Leafs at home. Vantage checks in that again, and newsflash: he's been really freaking good. So. I, I I'm I, I thought just from I mean look lucky number thirteen for the Devils they're gonna hit thirteen and that's it and then I forgot that they were playing the Leafs um, <laughs> so maybe I mean I'm I'm staying off I'm staying off a winner in this one I'm not going Devils or they just because I don't know like you can't win forever right. And with the anticipation that the the Devils should definitely win tonight because of how depleted Toronto's blue line is, I mean, you're looking at it and you're going, okay, more ice time for Mark Giordano, Mm -hmm. whatever. More ice time for Timothy Lilgren and Rasmus Mm -hmm. Sandin. They need it because they need to take those next steps. But how do they respond if they're hitting 20 minutes a night? And likely more minutes for Justin Hall. Yep. With all due respect, that's not – Great. Like Hall needs to be in that 15 minute zone 
Beyond that, it's going to be a little problematic. Um, so I think the Devils should win. But whenever I pick it, I, I think a team should win. It's either really close, or the other. yeah, or they just or just one eighties me. So I'm going I, like you talked about Nico Heischer, Um and Tom Fitzgerald, the Devils GM, actually had um, an exclusive interview with our James Nichols at the fourth period. Talked about which is out now, and it, it talks about or he talked about, excuse me, the emergence and the evolution of Heischer to being a 200-foot player, but now also contributing more offensively and being a guy that's really taking that seat to heart um, and, and being a guy in that room that is kind of the calming presence, but also the motivator when he needs to be. So I'm going with Nico Heischer tonight for two or more points at plus 200. So I'm, I'm hammering that one. Again, I'm staying away from the money line or the puck line because, again, for me, this one could go either way. But it should go New Jersey's way. And... Well, that's pretty much it. It should go to Jersey's way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we got the, we got uh, Jersey on Dave's side. Same thing with DB, but Dave kind of wants to stay off a winner in this one, uh, just in case. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Leafs have the uh, Leafs have points in five straight games right now. Matthews with thirteen points in ten November games. So uh, it's not like Toronto's all that bad, but the de- depleted blue line has to play a factor in this one. Uh, Vtex is good. The Devils are getting scoring from everybody, whether it's Miles Wood, Dawson Mercer, Tatar looks good in that top six. Fabian Zetterlin came out of nowhere. Like yeah. a lot of guys are producing for New Jersey, and they're the favorite at minus one forty-five. The Leafs plus one twenty on the road if you're looking for some value there. Uh, second game that we're looking at is Calgary minus 105 against Pittsburgh, who's minus 115. So we finally saw a bounce back game from Jacob Markstrom. He had a save percentage over 900 and he didn't let in three goals. So that's a plus for him. And the Flames are kind of starting to figure it out. Points in four of their last five. Huberto heating up as well. Points in four of his last five. But the Pens too, like they're getting hot. They've won three straight. Crosby, 16 points in his last 10 games. But, Dave, you think this is a low-scoring one in store? Yeah. I, I Look, because because Markstrom's kind of getting back on track here um, and Pitt needs to have a strong game, this is another one where I'm staying off picking a winner, but I am going to take the under in this one, under six and a half goals in this game between the Flames and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Because, again, I think Markstrom – is is just starting to feel a bit of a groove here, which means trouble for the opposition. But at the same time, like Pittsburgh needs to play a tighter game uh, against a team like the Calgary Flames. Even though they've struggled depth-wise from a scoring perspective, they still need to play a little bit tighter. So I think this is going to be, you know, we talked about last week, this is not really a 3-2 league anymore. I can see this one being a a 3-2 kind of game, uh, 3-1, 4-2, throw in an empty netter kind of thing. But I don't think we're seeing more than six goals in this one. Well, if it's a 3-2 game, it, it definitely favors Calgary. Now, Pittsburgh went on the road, Zach, got healthy. They won in Minnesota. They won in Winnipeg. They won in Chicago. So you're right. They are heating up. But first home game after a road game, uh, after a road trip, I, those teams never perform well for whatever reason historically in this league. I think it's a trap. It's, even though Calgary is playing better and they are on paper one of the favorites in the West, um, I, I like Calgary tonight uh, getting some plus money at plus 106. I just think that the Penguins had a nice run. But when I mentioned those teams, that's not the you know that's not the powerhouses of the league to go into going into Minnesota, Winnipeg. Although they're playing better, 
And I do like him tonight, actually, um, in Chicago. So I, I like Calgary to find a way to win tonight. I, and I agree with Dave. I think it's, if it's going to be that 3-2 game as opposed to a 5-3 game, a 5-3 game favors the Penguins. If, if they can control the tempo of Calgary and keep the scoring down, I, I, I think they find a way when I do think that they will uh, win at PPG tonight. Third game we're going to talk about is another East Coast game. This one in the Atlantic Division between the Bruins and the Panthers. So same odds here. The Bees are minus 105 on the road. The Panthers minus 115. And I mean, the Bruins have been the story of the league. They're well, besides the Devils, but the Bruins are 17 and two. But I don't think there was any more impressive win that they've had all year than they did on Monday in Tampa. They had to weather an early storm. They ended up giving up the goal, but the way they responded, the way Bergeron got his a thousandth point, they all kind of flood off the bench and. You know, they know we know he's one of the most respected guys in the league, let alone on his own team. So uh, Boston has been just tremendous this year. Florida still not really sure what to make of them. We know they can score. The defense and the goaltending has been an issue. I think Spencer Knight net kind of favors them, given the way Bobrovsky's been playing. So, DB, when it comes to Boston, yeah. Florida, what are you looking at for tonight? Well, like the Devils, the Bruins have to lose at some point. They won seven straight. They've won nine out of ten. I think the most stunning statistic when you look at it, this team has played 19 games. They're plus 40 goal differential. That means they've won games by an average of over two goals a game. And because of that, because what you mentioned, Florida's still trying to find their way. I haven't been impressed. I know there's been a lot of change. They lose Wegar. Um, they lose Uberto. They bring back Kachuk. I just don't like as a group how they're playing. I think this might be an easy one for Boston. And again, it's hard to keep picking these teams because they're on such heaters. But I think they go to 18 and two. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of fans, uh, Boston fans down at, you know, in sunrise tonight. I really do like Boston again at minus 105 um, on the money line. I was going to stay off a winner tonight. I was just going to, you know, stick with a goal scorer. Um, but because DB kind of like you did a little roller coaster on this one, you're like, they should, the Bruins are due to lose. And then I thought you were going in the Florida's direction. And then you're like, but so because of that, I'm now out of spite taking the Florida Panthers. Okay, that's nice. It's good on the money line to win. Maybe just just between the two of us, um, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna go in that direction. Uh, but like, this is a game that you're right. Like Boston's won seven straight. They're absolutely rolling. To see the team go nuts for for Bergeron getting his thousandth point yeah. um, with that assist. I mean, it was great to see. And Boston's just freaking rolling like crazy. Like, forget about wagon. Like, the, that term, by the way, is now really pissing me off because everybody uses it for every everybody. Everybody uses it now. You're right. Okay? This new, is new word. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is, this is the money train right here, the Boston Bruins. Like, they're just riding it steady. They got the right security in place. It's a good – it's vaulted up. Um, they got the right pieces. The goaltending has been fantastic. They're getting depth scoring. They're getting contributions on the blue line. So they're really, really good, but they're due to lose at some point. And I think Spencer Knight getting the call and knowing that he was getting the call, I think yesterday, um, is is I think he's going to have that type of performance where he just shuts down the opposition. Like, I'm not expecting shutout, but I think he's going to really step up tonight against the Boston Bruins. So with all that, I'm taking Florida now. I wasn't going to, but now I'm going to take the Florida Panthers on the money line. But I'm also going with, look, everyone's t- talking about Matt Kachuk and how awesome he's been, and he's probably going to put up at least a point tonight. But I'm going with Alex Bar- uh, Barkov for an anytime goal. I think the captain's going to help lead the charge for the Florida Panthers. This might be a tighter game. Like, this might be 
another low scoring affair um, overall because of how clamped down I think both teams need to be um, and just how well Boston's been playing. Um, but I think Barkov gets at least one for the, uh, for the Cats tonight. So I'm going anytime goal with the captain. You mentioned Nakachuk, who's been really good. He's only been held pointless three times all year. He's only been held under three shots twice. So uh, he's clearly found a new home in Sunrise. And you also talked about Spencer Knight. He'll have to weather a storm. Brad Marchand, since coming back, 15 points in 11 games. He's only been held pointless twice, and he's minus 205 for an anytime point. So if you're looking for a couple props, one on each side, maybe look at uh, some of the obvious guys like Brad Marchand and Matt Kachuk. Last game I wanted to touch on, because it's a closer one, there were a lot of games to pick th- uh, pick from, but I like this one. Winnipeg plus 135 on the road against Minnesota, who's minus 160 at home. So, I mean, plus money for the Jets, kind of yeah. like good value there. They're playing well. Minnesota, not <laughs> when you factor in the goaltending, like both these teams are coming off wins against the Canes with their backup goalie, but we know it's going to be Hellebuck back in net against Philip Gustafson. Uh, Dave, I mean, it looks like you're just as surprised as I am with these odds. Yeah, I didn't see that that coming. Um, by the way, the backup goalie for the Canes, whose name I'm about to just absolutely mangle. The, who knows how to pronounce this guy's name? Okay, well, he just signed a four-year, $8 million extension when we started this. Um, so there's obvious confidence in that goalie. Um, and good value there, too, $2 million AAV. Um, but... When I saw that Winnipeg was plus money against the Wild, I was like, okay, well, that's a no-brainer for me. I'm hammering the crap out of this one. Like, Minnesota's been – I mean, they're, it's 500 hockey. Like, they're, they're not performing at a pace that everybody thought they'd be. And, yes, there was the flurry injury. And, and yeah, Kevin Fiala is lighting it up for the LA Kings right now. Um Nice goal, by the way, the opener. If they would have kept that going, that would have been nice. But um, he, you know, whatever. Um, but it's clear that that his loss has has really affected the overall offense for for many. So, I mean, even without that, I'm looking at this going plus money on the Jets, plus 130, plus 140. I'm taking them all day on the money line. There's no question about that one for me. And you know when you're in trouble – when GM says that a player leaves, and we're going to replace his scoring by committee. I hate that. Like, what committee? Like, who are these people that are on this committee? It's a crack yeah. committee. It's always some crack committee coming in, and it never works. This no. team doesn't score enough. They're bad at home. This team was great at home. They're bad at home this year. I think they're 3-5-1 and one at home. Like, I, I agree with both of you. I, I don't get in Winnipeg at plus money, and yeah – they're not a great team. They're probably playing over over their skis right now because they're, I don't think they're a second-place team in the division. But right now with Connor Halbuck, the smart play is to play Winnipeg with plus money because Minnesota, like Dave says, they haven't shown much, and they're really hurt uh, by that loss of, of, of Kevin Fiala. They haven't been great in goal either, but when you look at the goals, I think they have 49 goals in 17 games. That's not going to be in this league good enough to win night in, night out. Jets have been better lately. Like we said, they've won three of their last four they haven't given up more than three in a game since October 27th, and that was against the Kings in a win, actually. So it's been quite a bit. Uh, wild kind of trending the other way. They've lost five of their last eight. But Kaprizov, plus 135 for an anytime goal. Maybe he gets on the board. He's on a six-game point streak. So yeah. maybe that's something to look at. I know that's DB's guy. He likes to take uh, Kirill quite a bit with his props. So maybe you look at him again. And uh, – 
Yeah, I'm going to get my props, not, not, not player props, like team props. Yeah. That. And let's, uh, we, we could just get into that right now. The best props. So, DB, what are you looking at for this one? Okay. Uh, two teams and two teams I actually picked against. Uh, but if you could their output in the third period, both Pittsburgh and Florida go over a goal and a half in the third period. They score a lot of goals in the third period. Um, so I would say Pittsburgh and Florida are, are my two best bets with respect to props. I'll give you a couple of other ones. Um, I gave Ottawa last week scoring a goal in the first 10 minutes, and they, of course, they didn't score a goal in the first 10 minutes. For, but Nashville and Ottawa recently, I think nine out of the last 10, they've scored a goal in the first 10 minutes of the game. Go with that. And I love my Carolina Hurricanes, and I picked them to win the Stanley Cup, but they do not score in the first period. So I would absolutely play the under um, a goal and a half for Carolina in the first period tonight as well. Yeah, I'm um... – in, in in Calgary, as I said earlier, in Calgary Pittsburgh game, I'm just I'm smashing the under in this one. I, I just think it's going to be a tighter game. Markstrom's been playing better. Um, I, I think it'll be a little more contained overall. Um, so I'm going I'm going the under in Calgary and and Pitt and the anytime goal for me from Alex Barkov. Maybe it comes in the third period. Um, just whatever. It's 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 in the game. It's fine as long as it's not in the shootout. Make me sweat. I don't care. Um, just get that freaking goal. So I think he's going to pop it in uh, tonight. Maybe it's in the third period. Maybe I'll double down if I can find it to get him scoring in the third period. Maybe I'll go in, in, in that direction. But I'm liking that one. And then Nico Heischer, like I said, two-plus points on the night, so at least two points on the night for the New Jersey Devils against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, and, yeah, like that's a team that's going to need some D at some point. So I'm going Jersey today on this one with, with Heischer's two points. I like that. And I'm just going to go with a job prop quickly. Uh, Jonathan Marcheseau over three and a half. It's a big yeah. line. It's plus money at plus 120, but he's done it in three of his last four games. Ottawa just gave up five goals to the Sharks. I know they're going to try to tighten it up. Does Shabbat come back? Even if he does, how much does he actually play defense? I like it. It's a big it's a big total again, but uh, yeah, I want Jonathan Marcheseau over three and a half shots. Uh, Dave, best bet or best bets for tonight? Uh, Jets, Jets on the pick them on the money line, pick them whatever. I mean, it's I still don't understand how this line like take advantage of this one. Yeah, Jets on the money line over the Minnesota Wild. Um, it's already gone out. Like when I when I first made the pick, it was plus one thirty. Then it went to plus one forty. So I don't know what's happening there. Um, did did they arrive? Like, is there plane somewhere else? Like, I don't know what's happening here. Um, but best one for me is is without question. It's just late, bad, line. wild money. That's all it is. It's late, bad, wild money. Yeah, That's maybe. Yeah, That's the one for me. Okay, my best bet, Zach. Both the Devils and Bruins will be thankful that their winning streaks will be intact after Thanksgiving. So I like them both tonight as favorites. Uh, Boston minus 105, New Jersey minus one. Nicely done. Nice. Sticking with the hot hand. I have my um, I would even I would parlay this. This is how confident I am in this. St. Louis was one uh minus one ninety yesterday. It's gone down to minus one sixty. That's a good thing for us if we want to take yeah. the in Buffalo. Right. Buffalo played yesterday. St. Louis is catching fire. Is that seven straight wins now? Uh so they're looking good. And uh I also want the caps minus two fifty against Philly. Philly doesn't have anybody playing right now. They're not even good at full strength. And then I was all over the Jets when I saw they were plus money yesterday. And I saw the line shift a little bit also, Dave. But 
for them, plus money, given what we broke down in that game, you know, with the streaks and kind of how each team's playing right now, everything that factors into this game just screams Jets. Like, that's the best value pick of the day. So uh, I would definitely go with Winnipeg there. I think we're all in agreement with the Jets. Yeah. A little tidbit on the Blues. First team ever to lose eight straight and then win seven straight after losing eight straight. That's crazy. Very, yeah. And their their players are hot and cold, too. It's not just the team. Like, it's the production and the goaltending. It's everything. Yeah. Yeah, they need to get – I like, the, the NHL has a funny way of evening things out, like, as the season moves along. This is evening crap out, like, right away. Yeah. So, they need the, to go the on the best is, I had people asking me, are the Blues done? I'm like, they played 12 games. There's yeah. 70 left. They're yeah. not done. They're not firing the coach. They're not trading everybody. It's People just are so reactionary these days. The sign of some sort of losing streak, like, you know. But, yeah, the Blues are not done. There's so much quality on this team. And, look, Ron O'Reilly, yeah, I get it. When he loses, he's upset. He complains about it. I understand it. But this is a quality team that's going to, I think, make some noise because they have depth scoring and they're getting – and Bennington's back to the old Jordan Bennington at this point. Is it really an NHL season without at least each fan base saying the sky is falling once during the year? Like, it could be – falling in Toronto. Let's be be real. It is – You could be – you could be 10 and 2 – and lose two in a row, and the fan base would be like, "We're done. Forget it." I'm, I'm, oh yeah, wait, wait till the Devils lose two in a row. Wait till their fan base. Yeah, yeah it's wait a big chance. Not winning every game. Uh, gotta fire the coach. Yeah, exactly. Again. Yeah. How did that work out the first time? Extension. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, so we're, we're looking at the Devils tonight as well. The Jets. You got a lot of good picks. So. Uh, for a recap, you can always head to Edgework on Twitter. We're on YouTube as well. Both of us uh, are I, on both of those platforms. We go live every single day, and you can subscribe to us on YouTube at Edgework for Dave Pinota, Dennis Bernstein. I'm Zach Bodenstein, and we will see you next time.